0: Now, that dip is more dangerous than I think we realize. So if you go, if you look at some of the research on afternoons, what you see here is it's it's pretty remarkable. Standardized test scores for kids lower in the afternoon than in the morning. Math grades lower in the afternoon, if they take math in the afternoon than Mm -hmm. if they take them in the morning. Anesthesia errors three times more likely at 3 p.m. than at 9 a.m. Fewer polyps detected in colonoscopies. Um, Incredible deterioration in hand washing in hospitals. So basically, don't go to the hospital in the afternoon, for real. I mean, don't do that.
1: This episode is brought to you by A.K.A., a collection of luxury serviced residences specializing in longer stays in places like New York City, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and London. So it's nice to have a full-size kitchen, room to spread out and have our production meetings, with all the luxuries of a hotel, and still feel the comforts of home. You gotta check him out.
0: I'm Daniel Pink, author of When: The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing, and you're watching Behind
1: the Brand with Brian Elliott. When is the best <laughs> time to have an interview with someone who's notable, famous, and influencer? Well,
0: I was thinking about that as I was coming over because I'm, I mean, you know, having an interview with someone who is notable, famous, and an influencer, and um, it, you know. Uh, it's a great question to ask and it's actually the heart of this this latest of research that I've done which is that we don't ask that question uh, we focus very strongly on what we're gonna do who we're gonna do it with how we're gonna do it but when it comes to the question of when we're gonna do things we don't really take it that seriously and we ought to because there's a very very rich body of science telling us that there are better ways to make our, our when decisions in our life we can get more productive more creative and actually feel better
1: I mean I've always thought it and experienced it timing is everything um, tell us a couple of these fun stories from the book because there's a lot of great anecdotes leading up to some of the hacks. And- the main idea in the book is that we make our decisions about timing
0: based on intuition and guesswork. That's what I always did. I, I always made these, these kinds of decisions in a very sloppy, haphazard way. That's the wrong way to make them. Um, and it turns out there is this incredible body of science across many, many disciplines giving us clues about how to make these decisions better, smarter, and truer. Um, and so, um, and this is true at the unit of a day. So the data and the evidence tell us that we can reconfigure our schedule to be maximally productive and creative in the course of a day. There's some great research on breaks. We, we should be taking more of them. And then if we widen the lens a little bit, we can talk about the episodic nature of our lives. Beginnings, midpoints, endings, all of these exert a, an influence on our behavior. And if we're aware of them, uh, we can work smarter and, and live better.
1: Oh, what inspired you to write it? Uh, were you thinking about timing? Or, you know, I mean-
0: Frustration r- inspired me to write it, really, because I was doing this myself. I mean, I was making des- when decisions myself, and it f- occurred to me that I was making them in this completely half-assed way. And I said, that's crazy. Why am I doing it that way? And yeah. I started looking for guidance that didn't exist. And that surprised me. Like, I, w- I would think there would be like, guidance out there about how to make better timing decisions.
1: Can you talk a little bit about you know, uh, early riser, late riser yeah. and you know, how that plays into how we can be more efficient in our lives?
0: One, one thing that we know very clearly is that in the unit of a day, um, our cognitive abilities don't stay the same throughout the day. That's really important. We have this notion that, okay, our abilities are going to be basically pre- pretty much constant from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep. And that is not true. Our abilities vary in significant ways. And what we see in, in most of this research is the following, that we move through the day in three stages, a peak, a trough, a recovery, up, down, up again. Now, in order to figure out when to do the right thing, you have to ask, answer that very question that you just asked, Brian, which is, what is your fancy word chronotype? <laughs> are you an early riser? Are you a late riser? do you wake up early and go to sleep early? Do you wake up late and go to sleep late? Or are you in the middle? All right. And, and so what the distribution in the population looks like is this. 15% of us are larks, early people. 50, 20% of us are owls, late people. And there's some super extreme late people. And then two thirds of us are in the middle. It's sort of like, you know, you and I have been, you and I have talked before about introversion, extroversion, ambiversion, mm-hmm. right? Some people are introverts, some people are extroverts. Most people, like you, like me, are ambiverts. Yep. Um, and so two-thirds of us are kind of in the middle. And so, what, the, so, so what, what you have to do is you have to figure out what's your chronotype. And again, eighty And there's a very simple way to do that. Um, and they're, they're 80, 80% of us are either larks or in the middle. Those folks move through the day, peak, trough, recovery. Owls, owls are much more complicated. They much more complicated. They tend to move through the day, recovery, trough, peak, um, basically have their peak moments later in the day. Mm-hmm. Now, what we know from this, that the first step is to figure out your type, as you just asked. Then we have to figure out what kind of task are you doing? Is it an analytic task requiring heads down, focus, and attention, or is it a more creative task where you want to be a little bit looser? And, and, and once we do all those things, we can do the right work at the right time, and here's how it works. We should be doing our analytic work during the peak. That's when we are most vigilant. We can, we can bat away distractions, we can lock down, we can focus. For most of us, that peak is the morning. For owls, it's much later in the day. But during our peak, we're most vigilant. That's when we should be doing our analytic work, writing a report, analyzing data, crunching numbers, so things that require intense focus. During the trough, right, that's for almost all of us, the early to mid-afternoon. That's a not a very good time, as you know from the book, yeah. for anything. A lot of bad stuff happens. Then.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a whole candy campaign, Snickers campaign built around that sort of common knowledge that right around 2, 3, 4 o'clock, we hit that dip.
0: Uh, typically, we, typically, we hit a dip around 7 hours after we wake up. So, yeah. f- so for someone like me, you're exactly right. I wake up at 7, I'm going to hit a dip at you know, around, around 2. Yeah. Now, that dip is more dangerous than I think we realize. So if you go, if you look at some of the research on afternoons, what you see here is it's, it's pretty remarkable. Standardized test scores for kids, lower in the afternoon than in the morning. Math grades, lower in the afternoon, if they take math in the afternoon than mm-hmm. if they take them in the morning. Um, uh, anesthesia errors, four times more likely at 3 p.m., with or without a Snickers. Anesthesia errors, three times more likely at 3 p.m. than at 9 a.m. Yeah. Fewer polyps detected in colonoscopies. Um, incredible deterioration in hand washing in hospitals. It's a wow. dangerous... To- I mean, uh, cor- cor- so basically, don't go to the hospital in the afternoon, for real. I mean, don't yeah. do that. Have your surgery in the morning. Uh, absolutely. And it, I mean, basically, you should try to avoid not going to a hospital in general. But what, if you go into a hospital and you have some discretion over it, don't go in the afternoon. I mean, don't schedule an important doctor's appointment or anything important in the hospital in the afternoon. Yeah. I, I truly would not let Anybody in my family do that now that I've looked at this, yeah. that I've looked at this research? You see it in, in auto accidents. Um, auto accidents are complicated, not, not complicated, but they're a little bit more complex because the number of accidents is going to be a function of how many cars there are on the road. And so there's not a constant number of cars on the road. So you, once you control for that, the most dangerous time to be on the road is between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. The second most dangerous time, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m maybe because people are eating Snickers and not focused on the road. Yeah. And, and so during this trough, okay, it's not a good time for us. We should be doing our administrative work. We should be doing, answering our routine emails, filling out our stupid reports and things like that. Then the recovery period, which for most of us, 80% of us is the late afternoon and early evening, around the time that you and I are gathering here in Los Angeles. What we know about that time of day is the following. Our mood goes back up, but we're less vigilant than we are during the peak. Now that's, in, that turns out to be an interesting combination. When you have higher mood and less vigilance, that makes it a good time for things like brainstorming, mm-hmm. for solving what are called insight problems, for things that require some looseness. And it's basically, if you look at the research, and going back to my initial question and frustration, the design principles are in the science. Do your analytic work during the peak, whenever that may be, do your administrative work during the trough, and do your insight, creative, iterative work in the recovery. And it's really that simple. The problem is, of course, is that we don't do that.
1: So Dan, break down you know, early riser, late riser, and the benefits of you know, understanding who you are. Help us understand what that looks like.
0: That's, uh, that's actually the first step in figuring out the right time of day to do certain kinds of tasks. So what you're talking about, Brian, is something called a chronotype. It's basically, what's your inclination? Do you wake up early and go to sleep early? Do you wake up late and go to sleep late, and, or are you in the middle? And I could actually t- figure out yours right now if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, so I, I get up, I'd say, right around 637 a.m. I go to sleep kind of late between midnight, maybe right around midnight. Tell, me
0: about, tell me about a day, a, a free day, a day when you don't have to get up to an alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're not massively sleep-deprived, but you don't have to get up to an alarm clock. And those kinds of days, what time would you typically go to sleep?
1: I would go to sleep around probably
0: 11. 11, okay. Yep. And then what time would you typically wake up?
1: My body seems to wake up right around 7-ish.
0: Okay, great. So 11 to 7. So what we're trying to do here is a very back-of-the-envelope way to figure out your chronotype. And, and 11 to 7, so what we're trying to do is figure out your midpoint of sleep. So your midpoint of sleep, if, you, um, if you're 11 to 7, is 3 a.m. And so what this shows is, and, and we know if, you, if your midpoint of sleep is earlier than 3.30, you're probably a lark, a morning person. If your midpoint of sleep is after 5.30, you're an evening person. And if you're in the middle, if you're in between those, you're a third bird. You're in the middle. And so you, you are sort of a, not an extreme lark, but you're a lark, I would say, a morning person. Okay. So 15% of people are like you, morning people. 20% of people are, are late people, owls. Two-thirds of people... Like me, are what I call third birds, are in the middle. And so that's the first thing that we need to figure out. All right? So, um, and uh, uh, larks and people in the middle have a fairly common pattern. Owls are much more complicated. Uh, owls are very complicated. The world is very unfair to owls. <laughs> all right. So, what we also know is that we tend to move through the day in three stages a peak, a trough, a recovery. A peak, a trough, a recovery. Most of us, people like you and me, the larks, the people in the middle, move through in that order. Owls, more complicated. They tend to move through it in the reverse order, but they basically hit their peak later in the day. Mm -hmm. So, three stages, peak. The peak is when we're most vigilant, and that's the key. What does that vigilance mean? Vigilance means you can bat away distractions. So that means that it's the best time for doing analytic work, work that requires heads down, focus, and attention, writing a report. uh, uh, you know, running the numbers on something, going through step-by-step step the elements of a strategy. During the, during the trough, early to mid-afternoon, that's not good for very much. That's a very, very dangerous time. You see decreases in test scores in, in schools. You see um, uh, huge problems in, in health care and med- health and medicine. Huge.
1: Yeah, the- I mean, we get sleepy. I mean, we don't have enough energy or focus. It's the time we need a Snickers or something. <laughs> it's... it's um, it's really bad, actually. I would not let anybody in my
0: family go to the hospital in the afternoon. You have the data are just overwhelming. You got four times like greater chance of anesthesia errors at 3 p.m. than you do at 9 a.m. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, if you look at hand washing in hospitals, huge drop off in hand washing in hospitals in the afternoon. Wow. Uh, you, you see um, even some in- interesting indicators of corporate performance falling off in that, in that period, even things like traffic accidents. Traffic accidents, you obviously have to control for cars on the road. Mm-hmm. There are going to be more traffic accidents when there are a lot of cars on the road. Big surprise. Once you control for that, though, the most dangerous time to be on the road is 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. I don't think that's a shocker. It's like dark outside, and who's out then? All right. The second most dangerous time, 2 to 4 p.m. And so this trough is, is not a good time for us. We should be doing our administrative work, things that don't require a lot of mental firepower. Yep. Answering your teeny emails, filing that kind of garbage. The recovery, that's an interesting period. So for most of us, that recovery is late afternoon and early evening. Um, that's an interesting period because our mood actually goes back up. Our mood goes up, down, up. Our mood goes back up. However, we're less vigilant. Now, that's an interesting combination because when our mood is good and we're less vigilant, That makes it a good time for things like brainstorming, right? If you're hyper vigilant, you're not a good brainstormer. That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. You want to be looser. There's certain kinds of problem solving that is better done loosely rather than tight. And so um, so we should be doing our what are called insight problems during that period. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it. Analytic work during the peak, administrative work during the trough, and insight work during the recovery. It's that simple. Um, and again, if you're, if, you're an, if you're an owl, what it means is that you wanna do your analytic work during your peak, which is gonna be later in the afternoon, probably beginning, you and I are talking about four in the afternoon. It's about the time that, 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 that owls are somewhat getting going. Yep. Right? Yep. And so, so for me and you, we're sort of entering that kind of recovery period where we're less vigilant than we were at nine in the morning. But our mood is, you know, we're out of the trough, so our mood is a little bit better. It actually makes it, a, no joke, it makes it a good time for an interview. In fact, when I do my interviews, when I'm in your seat doing interviews for books or things like that, I usually schedule my interviews for late in the afternoon and early evening because my interviews are sort of like yours. I'm, you're, we're not investigative journalists. We're not trying to catch people, trap people. We're just trying to say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Analytic peak, administrative trough, insight recovery. Mm-hmm. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, so it makes me think about a couple different things. I mean, I would assume that anything that involves human error or human judgment, whether it's um, being a doctor or, you know, driving a car. Then I also think about booking my flight. So maybe because a lot of that's automated. Probably don't have to worry about.
0: And, and, uh, unless you're, if you're flying like a commercial airline, yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Okay. Those pilots, those people in the front, yeah, they're basically... They're there to talk to you. They're there basically to get the plane off the ground and land it. And then once it's in the air, the computers computers take over. That's why it's so safe. Yeah, but if you have that's one reason it's so safe.
1: I mean, but you know, maybe a lot of people watch this have got a kid in high school or college, and they're taking their math classes, or at least have a choice of when they take them. Take those classes up early in the morning. You're saying?
0: Well, there's a there's a little bit of a confounding thing for for high schoolers and teenagers, which we can get to in a moment. But for certainly for for elementary school students, um, there's no question uh, in, the, in the research that, 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 that kids do better on those, kind, on those kinds of um, subjects, especially math, um, earlier in the day rather than later in the day. There's some great piece of research from the University of Chicago looking at 2 million students from the LA Unified School District. And what it found is that kids who took math in the morning, learned more math, had higher GPAs, did better on, the, on their standardized tests. Um, It's um, because they're able to lock down and and focus. Now, when you get to, well, we can talk about teenagers later. Teenagers are a little bit more complicated because of some changes going on in the body. But in general, this is exactly the point that I'm trying to make in this book, which is that we should be having this conversation, and we don't. I'll give you an example, Brian. Meetings in organizations. How do we schedule meetings in organizations? When we schedule meetings in organizations, we use only one criterion, and that is availability. Right. Is it open? Who's available and is the room open? Precisely. We don't say, hmm, is this a meeting where people need to be creative and loose and iterative? Is this a meeting where people need to be locked down and focused and analytical? Is this purely administrative? Do we have the larks like Brian here? Do we have owls like Maria? Do we have, you know, middle people like Dan? We don't even ask those questions. We just say, who's
1: available (laughs) and is the room open? And that's a huge mistake. So how could things change? I mean, how, how do you do that in an organization that has more than 50 people? I mean, do you do this kind of like Myers-Briggs-style uh, categorization? You make sure that everyone, you know, understands who each other is? is well, that- it's,
0: it's unlike Myers-Briggs because this is actually based on real science. Myers-Briggs is not. And, and um, well, I think what you want to do is you want to give people more liberty in doing the right work
1: at the right time. Is there any implications of sharing the, your, you know, whether or not you're early riser or late riser? Is this a, is there any privacy implications that I can? Face? I don't
0: know because in most workplaces you're giving up your social security number anyway, <laughs> and they're, you know, they're taking taxes out. So I think you forfeit a certain amount of privacy when you walk through the doors of, of, um, you, you when you walk through the doors of a big company. You certainly turn, forfeit privacy when you turn on your phone. I mean. If you you know, the truth is, if you want to live completely off the grid, you can probably
1: follow your chronotype to your heart's content. Well, I like the idea, right? especially you know. And there's other co- color coding systems. Well, he's a red and she's a yellow. You know, whatever yeah. that's. I would rather
0: the... do this. I would rather do this. I would rather. Let's say that. Let's say that you're my boss. All right. Here's what I would rather do. I would rather have you say, Dan. When in the day do you think you do the best kind of work? Do that. You don't have to do a Myers-Briggs kind of assessment. You can use what's called the Munich Chronotype Questionnaire, the MCTQ, which is a, a validated assessment for measuring chronotype. You basically get very similar answers to that back of the envelope thing that I did. And so you have, let's say you have, you're, you're, you're a boss of someone like me, all right? And what you should do is you should allow me to do my, my uninterrupted analytic work during my best time. So what you shouldn't do, and a lot of management is what, what should I not do? What you shouldn't do is you shouldn't call people like me into a meeting at 9.30 in the morning about the travel voucher policy. Right. Because what you're doing is you're taking an administrative task and you're squandering my best time. By the same token, if you have you know, Kevin or Tony who are here working with us, and they are, let's say that they're late people, Don't make Kevin and Tony come into an 8 o'clock meeting. Don't make owls come into an 8 o'clock meeting unless it's urgent. All right? And so it's things like that. And so if we work at it at the unit of one and at the sort of the, you know, the individual and the person to whom, the boss to whom that individual is reporting, then I think you can make some small changes. And this is actually really important. It's not not a nicey-nice thing. Uh, what the research shows is that is a time of day effects explain about 20 percent of the variance in how people perform on workplace tasks. That's a big freaking deal.
1: Yeah, I mean time is money, right? It's this is about efficiency. There's a lot of each chapter. heading kind of has hacks. Right. Um, let's dive into some of the more uh, you know, the interesting hacks yeah. that could be directly applicable to work. I love the meeting hack. Yeah. That's a super smart way of approaching that. Um, what else do you think is noteworthy?
0: Oh, um, well, there's, so, so I think part of it is, is, is actually, you know, know your chronotype and, and being able to follow this relatively simple set, set of design principles on putting the right work at, at the right time. So that, that's one important thing. Another important thing is what we know from the research is the importance of breaks. Uh, we should be taking more breaks and we should be taking certain kinds of breaks.
1: Yeah, I love you wrote about scheduling breaks. You know, Absolutely. Literally, literally put it in your phone. Absolutely like a, right. Time That's, to stand up, move around. Exactly,
0: exactly. Even take a nap. Well, uh, there's a lot of good research on the, on, the benef- on the benefits of naps. But on breaks in general, what we know is this. We should be taking more breaks. We should be taking certain kinds of breaks. This idea that we have out there in certain workplace cultures that you should power through. that The way to get more done is to power through, not to take a break is just wrong. I mean, it's not wrong morally, although there's this view, I think, that powering through is morally virtuous. It's not. What's morally virtuous is getting good work done. I'm a sinner on this one, Brian, because I was someone who rarely took breaks, and I had it completely wrong. I believed that amateurs took breaks and professionals didn't. It's the exact reverse. Professionals take breaks. They're intentional about it. And so one way to be intentional about it, exactly as you say, is to schedule it. And you don't have to go crazy here. Okay, We're not talking about a a three-and-a-half-hour siesta. We're talking about scheduling a 15-minute break. And what we know about breaks, the design principles of breaks, are very straightforward. We know that something beats nothing. So literally, as you hinted before, a one- or two-minute break is better than not doing anything. We also know that social is better than solo. So taking a break with someone else is more restorative than taking it on your own, even for introverts. We know that moving is better than stationary. I think that, I mean, you've done stuff on sitting and the dangers of sitting. We know, so, we, so that's a pretty obvious one. Yeah. We know that outside is better than inside. Um, There's some interesting research on the replenishing effects of nature. And um, we know that fully detached beats semi-detached. So you wanna be able to leave your phone behind, not talk about work. And so, you know, if people at, on the job take a 10 minute walk break outside with someone they like, leaving their phone behind, talking about something other than work, they're going to do their jobs better. Yeah, period. I mean,
1: wow, well, you, you, you just basically rattled off 10 things that probably, you know, 8 or 9 out of 10, no one's even thinking about. Right. I, I mean, mean, I think
0: that's right. And, it's, and this, is, this is the problem because for whatever reason, we don't take these questions of when seriously enough. Yeah. So, 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 you know, the, the folks who are watching your show, my guess is that on the day that they're watching this, 90% of them have a to-do list, right? <laughs> right? So that, what, is that, what does that mean? That means that they're intentional. That's, that's a sign of intentionality. They're intentional about, they're literally enumerating what they're going to do. They're intentional about how they're going to do it, who they're going to do it with. They're not intentional about when. They just say, okay, whatever. I'll just, you know, it doesn't really matter when I have this meeting, when I do
1: this kind of work, when I do that kind of work, as long as they yeah. do it. You are absolutely right. Although, um, something I learned from Stephen Covey a long time ago was, you know, first things first. And I, I try to make my to-do list on, you know, the hottest burning fire, the most important thing in order of priority. Although, to your point, I probably still have it wrong. Uh, it, it, it depends. Now, here's the thing. Now, it depends on
0: what kind of task it is. So if it's, a, if it's an analytic task, absolutely do it first. For, for, as a lark, absolutely do it first thing. Yeah. What I, another tiny hack that I, that I use now, and, and here's the thing. This book, more than other books that I've written, has really changed the way I do my own work. Um, and so one of the things that I do nearly every day um, especially on days when I'm in my office, not days when I get to, when they when they liberate me to go out and talk to people like you, but days that I'm in my office, um, I do I write down my MIT, my most important task. It's the most important thing I have to do that day. And in general, as an earlier person, I like to, I do that first. Mm-hmm. Um, so 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 do that first. If I were a if I were a an owl, I'm not sure that doing that most important thing first is a good idea. It isn't.
1: So maybe for Alex, checking your email is not a bad thing to do first thing in the morning,
0: yeah, or like you just try to get you know uh, if you get enough sleep, you know you might have you, you you might feel you you might have that recovery period at the beginning, but sort of do some of your non essential stuff and then really lock down when
1: you're at your best so this this makes me think about videos because we're always considering you know, when should we publish this piece? We, you, mm-hmm. Is it 8 a.m. on a Monday? Is it at 3 p.m. on a Friday? Um, can you offer me any advice? I mean, there's a lot of variables that go into yeah, a lot of, yeah, yeah. consideration. But, but,
0: here's, but it's a great question, and, and, and in some ways the answer for you on, on your show is, is the same answer for all of us at our work, which is basically test it. One yeah. of the things that we don't do enough of in our own lives is act like scientists. What do scientists do? Scientists have hypotheses. Right. And they test them, yeah. So maybe so 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 for me, and, and, and once we get past these these guidelines, so I could have a hypothesis saying, and I've and i tried this, like okay, right, my peak is in the morning. Maybe I should start work at seven a.m. That doesn't work very well for me. I'm not actually oh, quite awake at seven a.m. I can get up at I can wake up at about seven a.m., but my brain doesn't really activate until about eight. So so I had a hypothesis. I should start at seven. Doesn't work very well. For me, starting at 8, 8.30, that works very well. And that's it. So, so we can't look for, we all want to have uniform, one-size-fits-all answers. And human beings have variation. And we're not all, we're not all identical. We have small variations here. And so what you want to do is you want to test it. And, and, you know, online, it's easy to test things.
1: Yeah. Was there any evidence about work week, like, you know, Monday being better or worse than a Wednesday or a Thursday? Or...
0: Yeah, I, I found this stuff on, on days of the week fairly murky. Okay. Um, how, with one exception which is which is Monday Monday can be a very important uh, temporal landmark so you you asked earlier about in you know, the publishing of the book this idea of, of these temporal landmarks um, temporal landmarks can give us what researchers call a fresh start um, some landmark research from Katie Milkman at Penn Jason Reese at Penn Hang Chen Dai now at UCLA and showing that there's certain dates where we're more likely to start behavior change than other dates. Yeah,
1: so, so it's like clean slate thinking, man, I, exactly. I partied over the weekend, I ate too much, I drank too much, whatever. Monday, right. I'm going cold turkey, right. I'm starting over, reset. Right. And it doesn't
0: yeah. always work, but, yeah. but Mondays, Mondays can have that kind of effect. So if you want to start a new exercise regime, you're better off doing it. You're more likely to you're more likely to begin and therefore you're more likely to sustain if you start it on a Monday rather than on a Thursday.
1: Let's talk about fitness because there's a lot about fitness in yeah. it and I, I like that a lot. Talk about, you know, why people quit and it has everything to do with, you know, when they start. Break that down for us.
0: Oh well I mean on on, on fitness there in, in terms of like time of day to exercise Again, that's one of those things where if you go into the science, it yields some principles. It doesn't yield the specific answers, but it yields these guidelines. And so, and I think it's pretty clear. So, should you exercise in the morning or should you exercise later in the day? And the answer is, as is the answer to most things, it depends. Morning exercise is better for certain goals better for losing weight. We burn, we, we burn off more calories in the morning, the right kind of calories than we do later in the day.
1: Yeah, and you talked about not eating breakfast versus eating breakfast. Right. Of course, if you want to you know, burn more fat or calories, exactly.
0: before breakfast. Exactly. Yeah. So, so morning exercise seems to be better for weight loss. It seems to be better for habit formation. I think that's because you're less likely to get interrupted by life at seven in the morning than you are at you know, 5 in the evening, yeah. and then um, also exercise, I and mean, exercise is so good for you. Exercise gives us a pretty enduring mood boost, and if you exercise late in the day, you end up sleeping away some of that mood boost. If you do it in the morning, you get the mood boost throughout the day. That's the case for morning exercise. The case for evening exercise is just as good but different. Evening exercise is better for avoiding injury because we're literally, you know, we have changes in body temperature, so we're literally more warmed up. Uh, evening exercise is better for performance, it seems. Our lung function is higher. Our um, hand-eye coordination is better that time of day. Uh, there are a disproportionate number of world records and speed events that are set between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is the, 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 what works for me, is people who exercise in the late afternoon and early evening tend to enjoy it more. They find it less effortful, and probably again because of body temperature, means they're more warmed up. So it really, so so what I have done is I've I found morning exercise kind of effortful, not that enjoyable. Whereas evening exercise, I feel great. I mean, it feels you know I, I feel like I'm not you know straining myself. And of course, the older I get, the more I'm at risk of, of you know injuries and things like that. So for me,
1: on balance, better off doing it late afternoon and early evening. Uh, let's go back to a sales question because I know you studied a lot about sales as well, um, you know, probably a lot of people who are watching this too are marketers and mm-hmm. they're trying to either send an email yep. or they have an ad going. Yep. Um, what is the ideal time to reach that decision maker? Let's say that she's in the C- C-suite mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you, know, you want to yeah. call or send something.
0: Again, my, my big answer would be test it, as always, and so on email, very easy to test those kinds of things. Um, My longer answer would be, there is some research on decision making, and what it shows is this. When people make decisions, they come into the encounter with a default decision, and that default decision is usually no. So you're going to ask, it it is. So you're you're trying to sell somebody something, and their default answer, no, I'm not going to buy that. Uh, You're you're trying to, you're you're, you're asking your boss for a raise, no. All right, so the default answer is no. So the question then becomes, are there different times of day, different situations, different temporal moments when people are more likely to overcome the default? And the answer turns out to be yes. Um, Seems like earlier in the day and immediately after breaks. See, this
1: is where it gets interesting for People
0: people are more likely to overcome the default. Now, what does that mean? I don't want to oversell this because what we're talking about here are probabilities. So let's say you're selling something to the C-suite, a C-suite prospect and you have a meeting, you know, an early, you know, earlier in the day rather than later in the day. So let's say that. So later in the day, let's say you have a seven percent chance of succeeding, all right? And let's say that if you do it at the right time, you can dial it up to a eleven percent chance. Okay, if you have eleven percent chance, and this is advanced math for us, you have an eighty nine percent chance of failing. All right, it's still not likely to work. Yeah, but. I will take 11% over 7%, especially when I'm doing it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Eventually, l- the law of large numbers will work to, work to my advantage. So mm-hmm. all we're doing here is we're trying to twist the dial a little bit more in our favor.
1: Well, and again, to zoom out a little bit, it's about being more strategic about timing. Right, absolutely. Because it's brilliant.